raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with your hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Here we focus on helping men and those with men in their lives solve some of life's complex challenges through understanding the practices of mindfulness and how they can help. Each episode is in an environment free of judgment and criticism with a focus on authenticity and inner peace. Let's dig in. Here's a quote to begin. People are remarkably bad at remembering long lists of goals. I learned this at a professional level when trying to get my high-performance coaching clients to stay on track. The longer their list of to-dos and goals, the more overwhelmed and off-track they got. Clarity comes with simplicity. That's Brendan Burchard. Welcome to the Men Talking Mindfulness Podcast, everybody, where we explore the intersections of mindfulness, masculinity, and personal growth. We brought in Lane Ballone today, a former Green Beret turned entrepreneur, healer, and spiritual seeker. Uh, with his diverse experiences, Lane brings a unique perspective on managing overwhelm, which is our topic for uh, today's show. Um, Born to a loving mother in an apartment, Lane's early years were tumultuous as his family struggled with homelessness and frequent, uh, frequent moves. Despite their challenges, Lane found guidance and mentoring, mentorship in Boy Scouts, sports, and church. His journey eventually led him to the military, where he traveled to dozens of countries and honed his skills in the elite special forces. After leaving the military, Lane um, embarked on a spiritual journey that eventually led him to Peru, where he met Stephen Kahn, uh, and together they created the Humble Alpha Movement. Lane has since advised uh, business owners to trust their intuition and live a more joyful life while also exploring different healing modalities and spiritual practices. With Lane's help uh, and his experiences, we are going to examine the following today. We, uh, what are the signs of overwhelm? What uh, is what it means to prioritize and simplify how to manage overwhelm and mindfulness and with mindfulness practices and the importance of self-care. So stay tuned as we dive delve, delve deeper into the topics and explore how mindfulness and self-awareness can help us navigate life's challenges. John, uh, good to be on the show. That was a, a, a slaughter of that intro of my apologies lane. I'm a little under the weather. I'm trying to work through he's overwhelmed he is overwhelmed i'm overwhelmed with fucking food poisoning uh that's like just kind of messing with me a little bit but i feel about 85 percent right now uh, there we go i'm glad we're here today guys and i think this is a really valuable topic for everybody um just because of of how incredibly fast-paced our lives are today and maybe we can alleviate some of that overwhelm by having this great guest today lane and john good to be here, here with you uh, i think you so uh yeah well hopefully after the show brother you will help you will hopefully feel better after you learn some ways to deal with overwhelm yourself maybe you can maybe you can take some time off for yourself and heal up but yeah, yeah right. uh happy to be here excited about this conversation excited to be here with lane excited to be here obviously with you will as always and then just for for our audience hey a couple of announcements real quick there is still space in our mindfulness adventure retreat may 18th through the 21st so that's coming up real quick you're going to move you're going to breathe we're going to get mindful during this four-day three-night immersive experience that includes a four-week integration program afterwards so that's all online and we also have a free mindfulness workbook and you can get this by texting mind 
mindful, the word mindful, M-I-N-D-F-U-L, to 33777. That's 33777. And then lastly, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that little bell to get notified of new content. We've got a lot of great new content coming out. And the link is simply www.youtube.com forward slash at the at symbol men talking mindfulness so that's www.youtube.com forward slash at men talking mindfulness all right that shenanigans out of the way let's get into our breathing practice our opening practice and will you definitely i think can can uh learn from this uh benefit from it maybe more accurately but I'll go ahead and lead that. And we're gonna actually have Lane lead the closing practice at the end. So, you know, if you're tired of hearing me and Will talk and me and Will run these practices, you can tune in and listen to that closing practice. And I'm sure Lane's just gonna blow us away with his magic. No pressure, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that said, let's, uh, let's, you know, tune in. Tune in to ourselves, tune into our space, tune into our time and tune into our bodies, minds and spirits. And let's do that with our breath. Just if you feel comfortable doing so and it's safe, both physically and emotionally safe to close your eyes, then I invite you to do so. And let's focus, focus our attention on our breath. And we're gonna do this with five simple breaths. Begin by exhaling, noticing how that feels to exhale when holding empty at the bottom. Nice deep breath in, ideally through your nose filling up all the way, hold at the top, and release, 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 holding empty at the bottom, that's one, nice deep breath in, filling up, all the way, hold full at the top, and let it go, let it go, let it go, that's two, starting number three. Inhale for number three. From the bottom to the top. Hold full and release. Relax, let go. And that's three, done. Holding empty at the bottom. Deep breath in for number four. From the bottom, filling up all the way to the top. Holding full at the top and let it go, let it go, let it go. That's four, done, holding empty at the bottom, last one, deep breath in for number five. Noticing the physical sensation of that breath in, holding at the top, feeling that fullness, noticing that fullness and letting go, letting go, relax. As you do so, bring some movement back in your body, maybe rolling your shoulders, rolling your neck and your head around. And Will, are you less overwhelmed? <laughs> I am. I think I am. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I did some Wim Hof breathing to there you go. There you kind go, of help man. me a little bit. I've been doing it actually for the last couple of weeks and wow, it's nice. just, uh, it's really amazing experience. So yeah, awesome. I'm doing fine guys. Thank you very much for caring. Right on, and, brother. Uh, I appreciate the, well, yeah, we're doing well, this. we're, we're here for you as much, you know, all joking aside, I, that's, that yeah. sucks. And, uh, you know, <laughs> 
uh, I'm impressed that you showed up this morning and, uh, and uh, you know, our audience is going to benefit from your wisdom and we're excited to get into this show, but we also want to have compassion for you. So if you, if you feel sick in the middle of this and you have to step away, <laughs> let us know. Bro. <laughs> yeah, so no Sorry. That, no hey, if you do that, show. that might be our number one episode. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Give me a second, guys. Let me finish the sentence in a moment. Uh, oh, jeez. I'm kidding. You, so need a, you need a bucket, a bucket beside your mic. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm ready to go, all guys. All right. So, all right. In all seriousness, let's get into the show. So, hey, guys, we're going to be talking about overwhelm. You know, overwhelm. And we've got the, the definition of overwhelm here. As we start many of our shows, we start it with a definition. It's defined as upset, overthrow. The tornado overwhelmed many mobile homes, right? That's obviously a, a, a one that we, we know, but we also want to talk about the emotional side. It's, that's to cover over completely, submerge. The city was overwhelmed by flooding caused by a hurricane. Not what we're talking about. But then we're going to be talking about the overpower in thought or feeling. So you're overwhelmed with grief, overwhelmed with terror, overwhelmed with a sense of inadequacy, overwhelmed with guilt. So you are overpowered in thought or feeling. So that definition in mind, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. What does overwhelm look like for you? And are there any physical or emotional signs that you're starting to feel overwhelmed? Lane, let's, uh, let's start with you, brother. Yeah, so when I'm feeling overwhelmed, it's a lot of times in my head. Like I always have a lot of different thoughts and a lot of different you know ideas and sometimes it's really frustration sometimes it could show up in a lot of just different kinds of ways not only just negative things but also positive things mm. and so when i'm feeling that within myself and mentally i also have this external you know in my life things that are happening so like conversations with my wife are a little bit more you know have more friction or things that i'm doing just aren't flowing as good so for me you know, especially implementing mindfulness practices and, and becoming more aware about this, you know, noticing the internal, you know, landscape of myself, I'll also be able to see what's going on externally. Nice. Yeah. I like how that you, you mentioned when you've got that going on, you've got that ec extra friction, right? So I know I bring that home. If I've got overwhelmed mentally, physically, emotionally, and I bring that home, uh, I'm not the only one that feels it. My, my yeah. wife feels it, my kids feel it. Like my, my six-year-old has started getting super emotionally intelligent and she'll call me out and ask me, hey, <laughs> you know, what's, what's going on, what's wrong? I mean, she doesn't use those, those words, but she says, you know, why something, why do you say that like that? Why do you look like that? What's that expression on your face? And it definitely Why are you being brings... a jerk, daddy? I'm just <laughs> exactly. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, good stuff, Will. <laughs> No, I'm just sorry. I, I met Mia when she was younger, but no, I, I uh, yeah, see her yeah, saying yeah. that right to your face. Like yeah, if she knew the words, she probably Buddhist. would use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Will, back over to you, brother. What uh, what about you? What does overwhelm look like for you? And and you know, no, when I'm uh, yeah, go for it. Well, I feel like I, I kind of, it puts me in a victim mindset. It's like, why isn't everyone suffering as much as I am as I'm like submerged with all these feelings and, you know, so I kind of want pity in some ways, uh, you know, and that could just look ugly in all sorts of ways. Um, uh, you know, I also, you know, I can like, I can get, bring it home to, you know, my friends and my family. 
you know, and just kind of be a bit of a, a dick, you know, um, when I'm overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, and it's also a rush that comes along with it too. Like I'm always just, I, I can't feel like, I'm, you know, um, you know, I like also the expression I'm in the weeds, you know, you're just trying to like work your way out of the weeds or like kind of, you know, arrive. I like the word sub, uh, submerge. I thought mm. it was very, uh, a great definition or a great word to really describe overwhelm because I've just submerged in all the work I'm doing, the feelings that go along with it. I, I, inadequacy comes up and, um, and all sorts of different negative feelings that kind of impact my worldview, you know, the view of myself and, and obviously impacts the people around me, like I mentioned, but also, um, you know, it affects the work that I'm trying to accomplish. So it's, it could definitely be a very, um, you know, overwhelming feeling <laughs> of being overwhelmed. So. Yeah, I mean that, you know, you get into that metacognition, right? You start to realize that you're overwhelmed and then you start to almost beat yourself up for being overwhelmed yep. and then you become even worse. It's a, it's a downward spiral having that negative narrative. Um, but it's, you know, it's a natural part of life too. It's, it is, uh, we talked about, you know, having self-compassion and grace um, and, and had all those shows on that very topic. And we had Kristen Neff yeah. on recently to talk about self-compassion and how important it is and a lot of the time when we start to feel that overwhelm, we start to beat ourselves up for one, feeling that way, and then two, for putting ourselves in that situation, right? Maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's uh, something that's happening at work. Maybe you've said yes to too many things. I know I, I find myself getting overwhelmed because I say, yes, I will say yes to that. Yeah. I'll say yes to that because I wanna help, right? I wanna be helpful. And, and in all honesty, I, I kind of want to be the hero uh, and, and, and help out as many people as I can. And then yeah. often what I find myself doing is saying yes to too many things. And, you know, the, the old saying, if you say yes to too many things, you're actually saying no to everything. And, mm. and what I find is um, when I do, in fact, say no to things that I would like to help with, but I don't have the time or the bandwidth or the emotional uh, energy to do something, when I say no then the things that I do say yes to, I'm able to put the right amount of energy into and I don't find myself as overwhelmed as often. Um, so those are those are some things I'm sure we're going to get into discussing today. Uh, but Will, you got any questions, any comments to, to throw at Lane? Um, no, I mean, I, I, uh, you go for it, John. I'm still a little disoriented. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> overwhelmed. Well, I can still I can start overwhelmed. out with uh, the contrast of overwhelm. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so, so essentially, when I think of overwhelm, some sometimes or a lot of times, I think of what the opposite is to give me direction. So mm. for me, the opposite of overwhelm is being in a state of flow. And so mm. when I'm in a state of flow, um, one of the things that the Flow Research Collective is, is I've took, taken a course and I've studied flow and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, one of the things they talk about is this challenge skill sweet spot. Right. And essentially, it's being just outside of your comfort zone and arbitrarily, oftentimes it's 4% and it allows you to be in this sweet spot of flow because if we're overwhelmed by too much information or um, not being able skill to be skillful enough to do in the thing that we're doing, we get overwhelmed. You know, too much stuff to process. We haven't internalized. We haven't embodied the thing that we're doing. And so aiming just outside of that comfort zone makes us present because we have to mm. really focus on the thing that we're doing right but then on the opposite side is where we can find boredom like it's not challenging enough you know or sure. that we're overqualified or overskilled to do the thing that we're doing and so for me 
I'm aiming for this beautiful state of flow and I, you know, it's, you can't live in a consistent state of flow like your whole life or all day. But if I'm aiming for the sweet spot, the byproduct, and this is, uh, you know, flows, uh, Godfather, you know, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, but you know, me high, uh, she sent me high. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so he, ding, he ding, talks ding. about active nice engagement. Time. So thank you for that. <laughs> the, the, the name that I can, can't pronounce, right? Um, so, but he, he talks about active engagement. So like when we're in these peak states of flow for the rest of our existence, we can live in the state of active engagement. And so mm. whenever I'm thinking about overwhelm, you know, we can dive into, you know, simplifying, we can talk about, you know, yeah. negating things. We can talk about prioritizing, um, depends on where you guys want to go with the conversation, but, yeah. Um, yeah, well, you know, um, I love that you brought that up. We've, we've had uh, Stephen Kotler who was kind of like, since Mihai Csikszentmihalyi passed away, I think last year, I want to say like last mm. October or something like yeah. that. Um, Stephen Kotler has kind of, I don't want to say he's filled in for Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's spot, but he's kind of risen up to the, the expert on flow. And I know the flow research collective that is Stephen Kotler. Um, and that, that piece where you're pushing yourself to the 4%, right? You had this, like you mentioned, arbitrary kind of 4% objective number. How do you know when you are at mm -hmm. that number? How, how do you push yourself to be like, okay, now I'm pushing myself too hard because now I'm at, yeah. you know, 10% higher than my capability. How do you know when you're, when you're taking on too much? And then once you do know that, how do you start prioritizing and delegating those those other things that are in your life that are taking you over that magic four percent extra yeah so for me personally it's, it's an experience in my body that is connected to my mind mm -hmm. and so whenever i have this feeling of things are going well that i'm not too much in my head like I, for me i notice whenever i'm having conversations like with myself or with friends or my wife that if I'm trying to solve a problem, that means I'm usually overthinking it. Like if I'm working through it mentally, I'm like, hey, like, you know, I just can't get over this thing or like, man, this shit's tough or like, I don't know why I'm, you know, all these things, right? And whenever I feel in a state of flow, I'm having less conversations about trying to figure stuff out. And, and the feeling is, you know, usually that deep presence, that flow, uh, distractions removed. And what that usually looks like is that I have a prioritized like bucket of things or project of things to do. And they're very, mm -hmm. very small. And so like when you were talking about like saying yes to all these different things, you know, being able to prod put things into a project or a bucket of effort you're, you're able to like put everything else on the back burner or just put it in the back of your mind or, or just archive it, you know, in a, in a certain kind of way. And so, yeah, for me, it's, it's that feeling of I'm doing something. And usually after I'm in that intense, like creation mode or doing the thing, like yeah. I feel this like sense of like satisfaction afterwards. Sure. It's almost like a good workout, yeah. you know, like, like you're pushing really hard, you work it yeah. out, you're like, connecting with the body and like you're like you're really in it and then afterwards you feel spent like at the end of the day or the end of the workout you're like man i just i'm fucking done you know <laughs> like yeah. you know and but that feeling of satisfaction of like i did a i did something really cool that i love to do i was really into it and 
afterwards I feel like I want to relax. I want to play. I want to, you know, do something a little bit more light. I I think there's, you know, you bring, there's a lot that comes up as you're speaking lane. Uh, There, dopamine is definitely one. Uh, You talked about creativity. You talked about stress as well. So I think it might be good to, because we know, I mean, I think uh, um, we've taught, we, we speak so much about stress in this show. And when stress is overwhelming or you have too much stress, what happens? We drop in to the sympathetic, right? We're just in survival mode. We're just trying to get our shit done, like check all the boxes or whatever we have. You know, uh, this is when, you know, I, I was speaking of earlier, my experience, I just become a bit of a dick, you know, if I'm too overwhelmed or too stressed out. But also that 4% you're talking, Lane, it's like, so you want to add enough stress to the system, enough stress to what you're doing that you but you but not so much stress that you you know you dump and download uh you know uh into or down regulate really into you know the sympathetic nervous system and the fight flight freeze but just have enough stress that you're able to also maintain that creativity and instead of like the cortisol and and um and uh, uh, adrenaline kind of being dumped in your bloodstream you have this dopamine which helps to create and or uh, deliver more creativity or continually keep that creative flow going. So I think there's there's definitely, you know, um, a need to for a little bit, like just a little bit out of your comfort zone. Again, that 4%, I think is so critical, but, you know, Mihai Cheek Semihai, I said it correctly, beautiful. And, you know, Kotler have <laughs> identified, um, you got to say that you got to say the name too, Lane, too, eventually, right? Just, just, just to honor this man that we're talking about. Mihai Cheek Semihai. But yeah, there's this balance that also happens too. Like, especially as an entrepreneur that I feel it's like, um, you know, we're always bringing in new work or always trying to finish a particular task that is connected to some larger goal. And um, it, it's helpful to, to live in that state of, of just enough stress. Uh, but also staying in, in the parasympathetic nervous system that keeps our brain alive, keeps our creativity flowing and keeps us functioning in a way that allows us to um, function so we can really get our work done and do it in a way that you talked about, like that, just like getting a great workout at the gym. I just, all right, I really did that. I'm so happy for myself. Now I can go do a little self-care and take a break. I just yeah. a comment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> monologue. Well, I mean, yeah. Monologue over here, man. Yeah, exactly. What's your problem? You know, I got a bellyache. Leave me alone. Oh, I love it. Um, Getting into the state of flow here with overwhelm, man. <laughs> All right. I cut, uh, sorry, I cut you off there, Lane. It sounded like you were going to say something. Yeah, well, when you were, we were speaking, Will, like what was kind of coming up for me was this um, really getting fully seated in the process of life and mm-hmm. knowing that we're going to be continuously growing. We're, we're on a trajectory towards wherever the hell we're going and we get to define that and we get to, you know, welcome cool things that life is going to give us that we're going to be surprised with. But essentially, we're, we're mastering the process of life to where like ourselves, our body, our mind can be this clean vessel. And the way that we can create an environment, we can set up processes, we can set up systems around ourselves, we can have community, we can have accountability partners, we can have friends, we can have family that supports us. But it's essentially, it's like mastering the process of life and letting go of the old, not being attached to it, but being able to be pulled and tugged by this intriguing life or experience that, that we know that we feel in our body that we want to 
experience, whether that's, you know, creating a business or going for a project or having an experience that sounds really cool and being tugged by that, but not being so pulled out of the present moment because that's where we're at. You know, we're always continuously in the present moment. And uh, yeah, for me, it felt like if we can master that process or master that, you know, create that system, it allows us to not be overly overwhelmed. You know, uh, yeah, that's what came up for me when we were talking. Yeah, well, I, I enjoy that you use the word, and we can probably, we can dive into this good intro into the self-care aspect, like having a clean vessel, right? So let's, uh, why, don't we, why don't we go in that direction? So maybe John or, or Lane, like, so what are ways that you, through self-care modalities, whether it's, you know, something with a mindfulness practice or, you know, getting in your body in some way or connecting to someone or something that is meaningful and uh, keeps the lights on on the inside instead of like, you know, moving into more darkness, uh, uh, or the darkness of overwhelm. What can we? What are some of the self-care practices that we can help eliminate um, some of this overwhelm? I mean, I, I'll jump in real quick, uh, Lane. <clears throat> you know, some some that I'm I'm feeling right now that I'm not doing. Um, even funny enough, I, I just finished up this sleep course uh, by Robert Sweetman. Robert Sweetman is a, a also a former SEAL turned sleep scientist, and he's going to be coming on the show here. Uh, soon, and I went through his course called 62 Romeo, which, you know, talks about sleep hygiene and everything that you can do to improve your sleep. Well, I've also got young kids <laughs> and these young kids don't care about my sleep hygiene. Um, so they, they, one, they don't let me go to sleep on my, my schedule. Like when I tell them it's time to go to bed, you know, it, sometimes it's very easy to put them to bed. Sometimes it's not for the past few days, it's been very difficult to put them to bed. And then they have also in the middle of the night been crawling in, into my bed because they've been having a nightmare or one reason or another. And my sleep has suffered from it. And because my sleep has suffered, my stress level and my sense of overwhelm has been escalated. And then because my sleep has suffered, I've been eating more poorly, right? When we've done that show with Nita Shattuck about how when you get less sleep, you crave more carbs because what is the leptin or I'm going to screw up the, the hormone that's re released that helps you to feel that sense of uh, being satiated. Uh, well, there's less of it when you sleep. And so now I'm eating you know, more crap. And because I'm eating more crap, then I'm feeling even more overwhelmed. So I guess my, my answer to your question was the exact opposite of, of what you asked. But I guess if you just apply a big negative sign in front of everything that I just said, that's the math nerd in me coming out and yeah. say, hey, look, if you when you sleep better, when you sleep, when you practice your proper sleep hygiene, when you uh, get into actually sleeping at the going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time, and eating better, you're going to feel a decrease in your stress level and those stress hormones that you mentioned before, the cortisol and the, the uh, adrenaline. Shoot, thank you. Nor, norepinephrine is where I was going, but yes, adrenaline, same thing, norepinephrine. Uh, you know, it, was, it decreases, uh, or rather that increases with stress. Well, when you sleep, that better that decreases. And ultimately, you're ability to handle and manage overwhelm that sense of overwhelm is increased so right. that's uh, that's a couple for me is sleeping better and eating better definitely those are those are two right off the bat and then obviously and i know you're going to get into this i'm sure lane is <clears throat> mindfulness i mean the show is called men talking mindfulness when you practice yeah. meditation when you live mindfully 
your ability to handle overwhelm is greatly increased. And now I'll shut up and have our guest talk. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to just jump in really quick. And then Lane, you can talk about more of your self-care and mindfulness. It's like sleep is so key here. Um, and one thing Nita Shattuck taught us, and you know, I can't wait to have um, uh, that guest on talking about sleep. Uh, you know, is this there, what, doubling down on the importance of sleep when we sleep at a regular time, we get enough sleep, we have proper sleep hygiene in order to get the proper amount of sleep. Um, you know, there's a process called neural pruning uh, in the REM cycle of the sleep uh, that goes in literally and kind of clips away all the stress of the day, which is just think how beautiful that is. Like if I just get my sleep, I won't be so overwhelmed because this, this natural process uh, that, you know, just mother nature has within us just to, to just to clip away the stress so we can wake up a little more refreshed and ready to go and, and tackle the next day. Um, so yeah, so get your sleep, everybody, for sure. It's going to be a big help, but Lane, how about you? How about you and, uh, self-care and, and mindfulness and, and overcoming, uh, overwhelm. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, mindfulness is the key that unlocks all of this. And when you point it towards your body, connecting mind and body, it really gives you the, the answer that you need in the moment. And so the context around my answer is, you know, being able to universally listen to what's going on and that's going to always give you the answer. And when you become mindful and practice mindfulness towards like what's going on in my body, you're able to receive the answer of what's what's the next self-care thing, right? So as an example, like whenever I'm writing for over like 60 minutes, like I'll start to feel a little bit of tension in my neck and I'm like, oh shit, like I need to stop writing. Like I need to go do something else, right? Um, so that listening to my body and just paying attention to it and then doing something about it is is my self-care thing, you know? And so, um, yeah, so generally speaking, uh, being able to practice uh, with the nervous or the nervous system, right? So taking deep breaths, tapping into the parasympathetic nervous system and really just relaxing and calming the body and just kind of like alleviating that stress in the moment. And I know you guys talked about this in, you know, many different episodes, but doing that throughout the day, you know, has really helped support me and just um, creating these micro habits. And, you know, if we're talking about, you know, with uh, James Clear stuff, like stacking it with other things that you're already doing. And so by, for me, just stacking these little micro moments yeah. of parasympathetic nervous system reset, calming myself. So my, my intention with all this is to find that kind of sweet spot of like, it's, it's not always going to be perfect, but I'm aiming towards it of setting up my life to where, um, as an example, like I have an hour and a half for, for lunch, you know, from 12 to 1.30 my time. And um, it's, it's actually my first actual meal. But in there, I have a, a 30 minute walk, you know, and so it's always it's part of my cadence. And so, as we know, like going on a walk and leaving your phone and just kind of being with the with whatever you're walking with, you know, in your mind and gratitude that has a significant, you know, you know role for me to just like let all the chaos, let all the mental chatter just kind of like be like distributed and grounded outside and with nature and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, finding, you know, different habits and routines, you know, throughout my day, my, my intention is to not be this robotic, uh, you know, guy that has to follow this like rigid schedule, but to have containers of 
play, containers of uh, de-stressing, mm. containers of massive creativity and creation, and all of those dancing and, and harmoniously working together to, yes, be really focused in like creation mode, but then a couple hours a day, is just, I'm not doing shit. Like I'm, I'm like yeah. letting all that, like letting the subconscious mind and the default mode network to just do its thing while also having fun or having really great conversations. And you mentioned there <clears throat> at the very end, I mean, these are all great, great tips, but you just mentioned also there's times when you're not doing shit, right? <laughs> and there's going to be people who listen to this and they'll be like, okay, yeah, I don't have times where I'm not doing shit. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're constantly busy, 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 and almost to a point where they wear this busyness yeah. as like this badge of honor, right? Um, and you know yeah. they compare. I saw this meme the other day on on Instagram or YouTube. I forget. I mean, not a meme, but a, a short. And uh, it's it's one guy's like, oh, you know, I, I worked twelve hours today, and the other guy's like, oh, well, I worked twenty seven hours today, and it goes back and forth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And, you know, it's like it's like this badge of honor, right? Well, for those who are listening, who feel that the three of us who are talking are kind of living in la la land where we take our 30 minute walks and we have times where we don't do shit. How do we tell them to take that badge of honor off and just take a break so that they can in fact handle the times that they are working better so that they can be more productive so that they can feel happier and healthier and more fulfilled in the roles that they're, they're in. How do we, how do we get them to take that badge of honor off? I think one thing that would help is is prioritizing like what you mm. really want to accomplish and what you can really effectively accomplish in one day, right? Like instead of just doing a whole bunch of, you know, little uh, two second or two minute touches on everything that just, you know, doesn't really move the needle forward effectively and, and not really given each, whatever you prioritize, whatever that task is and whatever your goal you're working towards and that little nugget of time that you are giving in your day to help to move, you know, move things along a little bit more, like giving it your full attention. And um, yeah, I think I, I, we have to work with the body. Like we have to work, you know, we're not, I think that we're, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. You know, we're continually living in the head, not just of the stress and, um, and just kind of continually compiling more stress, which leads to more overwhelm, but also the idea that, you know, the, that those extrinsic motivators or if I if I look busy or I'm really busy or say I'm busy like that gives me that that badge of honor that gives that makes me feel good uh, and that's just you know I think we get lost so much uh, and I know I have for sure in the past of like what it all looks like instead of like what I'm actually doing you mm. know um, and, and how am I actually accomplishing things uh, you know you, you can give yourself like you know Elaine, you mentioned as well, is like little wins. Like if you stack little wins, like they have something out there called the Pomodoro method. You work for 25 minutes contained, little little chunk of time that you're working on a particular passage, you're working on some a problem, trying to solve, and just taking 25 minutes, full focus, no technology, no distractions, everything is off, and then taking a five, 10 minute break. Maybe you take that walk, maybe you, you know, like whatever, do some breathing, you know, stay healthy, stay healthy. Um, and then come back and work another 25 minutes. It's just been so shown and I've, I've experienced as well just to create so much productivity and in that productivity, and maybe this is just very masculine as well. I get that little win. I get that little like rush of like, yeah, man, I fucking did that. And I feel good about myself, um, for myself, you know, and then also it like can go a step further 
where it's, you know, it's like, well, I'm, I'm really supporting the show or supporting the team or, you know, and, and you can plug in that way as well, but it has to start with the self and it has to start with honoring like, you know, our circadian rhythm, you know, the old Darian rhythms of the day, uh, you know, it, it, food is a factor. Like if you're eating a bunch of like crap, sugary food all the time, and that's just going to create uh, more havoc in the body and in the mind. And that's not going to allow you to be present and really be creative and bring your full self to whatever effort um, it needs. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a slippery slope sometimes, especially when you're, you know, just being busy for the sake of busy and being busy for the sake of busy. So other, so you feel better about yourself because of everyone thinks like, Oh my God, I'm so busy. That means I'm so important. <laughs> just another right. monologue guys, just another monologue I'm throwing out there. <laughs> That's great, man. You know, okay. <laughs> Yeah. No question. No question. Right then, this one. Well, you know, I asked um, the question to both of you guys, so you answer the question. Right. So good okay, stuff, Will. You. And now Lane, <laughs> Lane's turn. Yeah. Um, so what was coming up for me was, is essentially momentum doesn't give a shit about positive or negative. And so when we're talking about growing ourselves 1%, oftentimes we're talking about this positive momentum of compounding interest. Well, the same thing happens with the negative side. Momentum doesn't give a shit about whether you're pointing it towards, you know, something good in your life or something shitty, you know, so like eating junk food is a little bit a day is going to increase, you know, your, you know, you know, 1% of negativity a day. It's just going to compound, right? Um, the visual that, that, that popped up for me was if you, if you ever seen those um, movies with like, there's a mirror in the front of the character and a mirror behind the character. Yeah. And whenever you look into the mirror, there's this like reverberated kind of like infinite reflection of the person. Right. Right. And so for me, if you look at if you look at the front mirror is like the future and you and you smile in the present moment, you'll see a smile in the in the future reverberated mirrors. Right. And so how we do something in the present moment is going to be reflected into the future and as we move forward. And so if we're building momentum of like shit's hard for me. Um, like I'm thinking about how this is not going to work for me. You know, like I can't have a, a good life of where I can not do shit for two hours a day or an hour a day or whatever, or give myself the opportunity for self care, you know, three times a week with X, Y, and Z. That's me deciding and ref and speaking into existence, like my creation, my life until we address what's going on in the present moment of like, man, maybe it is possible for me to explore what it looks like for me to not do shit for an hour a day and allow the, the benefits of the subconscious mind, the default mode network, the, you know, the play, the, the lightheartedness or whatever it is to do its magic of bringing forth ideas and insights whenever you're not working, you know? So there, there's, there's a lot of like, we could talk about trauma and, you know, patterns and stuff like that. But ultimately I think it comes to the present moment and what do I feel is possible for me and, and really just kind of exploring that and then taking the next step in, in, in that exploration. Lane, you've, you've mentioned the default mode network a couple of times, and I, I know we've discussed that on the show before, <clears throat> but for listeners who may not be familiar with what that term is or what that is within our body, can you quickly uh, describe it for everyone? Yeah, and, and the caveat, I'm not an expert or a doctor or anything like that. Like, this is just... <laughs> Me, me like practicing some shit and reading some shit and, and, and implementing it in my life. So, uh, but yeah, for me, it, it's really, uh, 
how I view it is without an official definition is this communion with my conscious and subconscious mind. And to be able to trust my subconscious mind of, yeah, my path is, is laid for me and not to me, you know, and to be able to trust that whenever I'm not working, that my subconscious mind is working on my behalf. Whenever I intend something to say, hey, I am, I'm intending to work less or to, to bake into my schedule an hour of you know, fun times and, and every afternoon, I'm trusting my subconscious to bring me how the fuck to do that, right? <laughs> like what action steps to take? How do I plan? What is the strategy that I need to like implement? Yeah. What can I take action on? So all of that stuff is, you know, being able to um, trust your subconscious and I think you guys have talked about it before in the podcast to where the, the conscious mind can only handle like 20 or 30 bits of information per second while, while the subconscious mind, the unconscious mind is millions of bits per second. And so like it's, it's continuously like receiving information, reading stuff on your behalf, subliminal messages, like all this stuff, right? And all senses, not just eyesight, but feelings and sounds and all this. And it's, and it's stored it somewhere within ourselves. Yeah. And if we can only trust that subconscious, that default mode network, uh, the unconscious more and more each day that we don't have to work so fucking hard to get the, the kind of life that we want, you know? Yeah. Like the way that I kind of envision, envision the default mode network is it's, it's the part of our brain that is, and you mentioned subconscious, it's, it's kind of the part of our brain that is active when we are not active. Like we're not physically active, we're not mentally active, but there's a part of our brain that's constantly active. And, you know, I love the default mode network in the daytime, right? I, I can stop and meditate and, or I can stop and like you said, I love your term, not do shit and like just be. <laughs> and it, it, it allows that default mode network to kick in. Uh, the downside, if, if I don't allow the default mode network to kick in during the day, it kicks in at night. Like I'll get up and go to the restroom in the middle of the night and I'll be exhausted and I'll be like, okay, I hope I can get back to sleep. And now I'm inactive and my mind is inactive. And then suddenly all these things, ideas, creative ideas, which are great, they bubble up and I'm like, oh man, I gotta write that down or I gotta find a way to remember that. So I've found that if I don't use the default mode network during the day at some point, it's going to come up. It's going to get used. It has a way of forcing itself to get used. And that can destroy your sleep, which comes back to our sense of overwhelm. By degrading our sleep, we can actually have less uh, ability to handle that overwhelm. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Full circle, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Well, one well, thing that really has helped me, uh, and I'm trying to make this more of a practice. I, I, I was able to hold on to this practice a lot during the pandemic. I'm kind of, uh, you know, kind of waffling a little bit now, but, uh, you know, trying to like really, you know, if you are trying to accomplish a goal, right. And you want to have, you give a deadline to that goal, make it a smart goal, but then create priorities and then weekly strategies, strategies in order to accomplish that goal. Right. So you have like the big picture, then you have like what that looks on like a month or two months and then a week and then a day. Uh, and then even before, I mean, taking that one step further before I go to bed, I start writing out what I'm going to accomplish, what I'm going to do the next day. And that's going to help me sleep better because uh, sure. I'm already like, I guess I'm using that subconscious in order to like 
maybe it'll come my dreams or something like that, where I can see myself accomplishing these goals and gathering these wins. Um, but also allows, it puts my mind to rest, which is so important. It just allows me, uh, and then I wake up and it's just like, I don't, you know, I already know exactly what I'm doing. I, I put it on my calendar, you know, I'm doing this at 10, this at whatever, you know, coming back and reviewing something again and at whatever different time during the day, you know, honoring, like, like we mentioned, like working in the smaller chunks or maybe a little bit bigger chunk of like 70 minutes and taking breaks and, um, you know, you can really get a lot done. And if you, if you begin to, you know, be very systematic in, in this approach, um, and if you don't have like a really big goal, like, oh my God, it could be really struggling. I mean, so I guess, what does it, what does it mean? You know, we all are entrepreneurs. Um, and maybe we, what does it mean to actually have like, uh, what does it work in a business setting when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you have responsibilities and, you know, different, uh, uh things and people uh, that you need to answer to, um, how can we eliminate some of that in, in, you know, in the office, if you will. Um, I think for me, the, the great analogy is, uh, the gardener. And uh, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, have envisioned this, you know, 100 acre garden, you know, this beautiful <laughs> landscape mm -hmm. of like all this shit, all this good stuff, how it's going to help this people, all, you know, all this stuff. Right. And for me, what I what I had to do, I learned the hard way was start with a little little quarter acre plot, you know, and, and still have the vision for whatever I'm creating and building. But what can I manage? What 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 plot can I manage, and put the care, presence, my my actions, and being able to really grow it as fast as 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 my own personal capacity can handle. And the cool thing about this is that if you have this a quarter acre of of you know land that you're cultivating and just growing and and you're able to really like dig deep into like the problem that you're solving for whoever it is, your customer, your ideal clients or whatever, you're able to really have that presence and to, to receive like a, a deeper answer or a deeper solution to what they're going through. And as you're documenting that process, you can expand systematically by creating SOPs and, and basically downloading your mindset and, and your approach into these systems. So that way other people can come in and say, oh, I see how you did it. And yeah, they're going to you know, ideally, you're going to come you're, or hire, you know, teammates or people that are much smarter than you in that very specific thing, so they can take it even further, right? And then you become more of a cultivator of of people, a leader of the organization rather than the doer of like how you, how you start, right? And as you move forward, you can grow that. Um, <laughs> I got my cat here now. Um, you can you can grow you can grow that into that hundred acre plot as 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 it unfolds. And you're enjoying the process without being overwhelmed by trying to push too hard, hustle too much or anything like that. Yeah, man, I, I definitely I get that sense, too. Right. The, as Will mentioned, we're all entrepreneurs here and, and it's definitely there's the desire to jump into that hundred acre plot and, and plant that right off the bat. But but we have to simplify and start small and then grow into that plot rather than, uh, you know, starting right off the bat. And, and that said, that that kind of makes me think about, you know, there's there's a lot in this life that we bring on to simplify our life. But funny enough, the irony is a lot of the time what we bring into our life to simplify our lives actually adds complication. Um, what I mean is, um, like, for an example, like I've got 
a truck, right? Uh, and I've got a tractor and I've got, you know, the, the truck is to get me to work and, uh, and it's got all these nice little bells and whistles that make it comfortable, which ideally we're going to have Michael Easter <laughs> coming on the show to discuss the comfort crisis at some point. But yeah, it, it, you know, the truck makes, the truck is super comfortable, but the tractor is also there to help, uh, you know, plow snow in my driveway. I have a long driveway and I live out, you know, about 8,000 feet. And so we get some pretty good snows where we actually get snowed in if we don't have a tractor. So we've got this tractor and it's supposed to be there to simplify my life, but then we have to maintain the truck. We have to maintain the tractor. Uh, we've got, you know, a farm where I've got horses and chickens and, <laughs> and, and I've got cats too, uh, at my house. And, and, uh, you know, these are great. They're, they're, they're great to have, but then you have to do something to take care of these animals, take care of the house. Take, you have all these things that we bring into our lives. I mean, hell, our, our smartphones, they're supposed to be there to simplify our lives. But what are they doing in our lives is they're actually coming back to the busyness. They're, they're sucking a lot of the time out of our lives, time and energy. And what can we do to reverse that? Like we bring these things in to simplify, but ultimately they actually complicate. How can we take a look and be like, you know what? This complicated my life after all. Can I cut it out? What, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think, uh, again, mindfulness is a universal key to unlock all of this. Mm. And whenever, whenever you're aware or mindful of what's happening in your present moment within your day, and, and sometimes just going over, going over a reflection of, what the hell's going on in my life? Like, where am I spending my time? Like being able to bring that awareness um, allows you to say, is this, is this what I really want? You know, like, and again, you know, sometimes contrast is the greatest gift of this definitely ain't the shit that I want. You know, like, I don't <laughs> want to feel that. I don't want to do that. And that could bring immense clarity with the trajectory of where you're heading, you know? And so, for, yeah, for me, um, mindfulness is the universal key, but I think, um, what's really helped me and supported me is having like a really small group of like friends uh, that have helped me identify these blind spots. And, and yeah. oftentimes uh, for me, especially I've noticed like I've had these um, like trajectories or like approaches towards life. Cause for me, it's like, it's not about getting somewhere. It's about um, sinking deeper into the process, but it's a journey to get into the process you know, yeah, um, but oftentimes we can vocalize and express what we want and desire. And we know it feels so resonant because we see it externally from other people, right? We're seeing ourselves in other people's lives, their approaches and leadership, their lifestyle. We're like, oh yeah, that's what I want, you know? And then we're vocalizing it and saying that, but then having people around us to say, hey, you keep on saying that you want this, but I'm just a brother on the path. And I'm telling you, man, like, you're actually doing this other shit and it's not <laughs> helping you get to the place that you want to get, you know? And so having those, you know, and having that container where people can really be honest with you and again, not projecting, but just doing their best to, you know, support you. And so, yeah, I think getting into small groups like that has, has been really helpful for me, especially the, the really sticky things that I don't want to look at my, within myself. Mm, yeah. I think again, accountability, right? just to have you know to have somebody that is holding you to task or, or you know is one thing but also just to have a group that you can vent your overwhelm you can vent your stress you can and that's just a great way to help move that energy out but also create clarity because then you create distance from 
you know, uh, those feelings and, and, and those thoughts and, and that overwhelm and all those things that you feel you need to do. Uh, and then maybe you can begin to prioritize and begin to schedule. Like, I mean, John, you, you have such a wonderful, busy life in Colorado Springs. It's like, you know, you got responsibility to the horses, to the kids, to, you know, maintaining your truck, you know, uh, going and, and, and speaking and being on the show. Uh, you know, what if you're, if anybody listening, it's like if you know you have a certain amount of responsibilities in order to live your life and provide for your family, but also like, you know, create a home that's not going to leak or fall, you know, fall down and, you know, you're not going to kill your horses from not feeding them. You know, it's like if you, you know, if you have, you know, you like this is on Monday, I do this on Tuesday, I do this. You know, so just even getting very clear, it's like here's my household responsibilities uh, what do I need to do in order to maintain the household on a monthly basis? And then boom, just scheduling them instead of like having all this stuff rattle around in your head. If you, if we, if we talk about it and we kind of talk about it and if you have a really good coach, it could be a great, um, person to help you, uh, release overwhelm. You know, I, I, you know, I work with Lindsay a lot, our, our EA for the show and, and she helps me just to kind of you know, prioritize, categorize, write stuff down, helps me to work on different things, helps me to vent, you know, whatever's coming up from me, and then helps me to kind of create that clarity I need in order to, to you know, move myself in the right direction in order, you know, to, to, to get what I want to achieve completed. Here we are again, accountability. So, you know, um, everything that we've talked about with, with overwhelm and mindfulness is the key and the show being called Men Talking Mindfulness um, there's, there's still a lot of misconceptions about mindfulness, mindfulness and meditation, right? Um, what are those misconceptions and how do we get people to overcome those misconceptions about mindfulness and meditation so that they can start practicing and start managing their own overwhelm? I think, Meditate, uh, man, go ahead, Jelaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The root of it is the, the negative thoughts and programs that are telling you that you can't do that or that it's bullshit or whatever. You know, like we're talking about societal programming or how you were raised, you know, all those things. Um, we're three guys here on this this podcast and you guys had, you know, other beautiful, wonderful guests that if there's a, if there's a way for you just to trust us to try something because <laughs> like, hey, like, we're, we're like in, in some ways we're regular dudes, some, some ways we're entrepreneurs, some ways we're, you know, whatever. Right. But we're dudes that care, you know, and, yeah. and we've went through some tough shit and I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but we all have tough shit. And what I would say to somebody is like, there's a negative thought that's telling you that you can't do this. And what we're saying here is just give it a try, try some of these things because we really care. We really mean yeah. that from the heart. And yeah, sometimes mm -hmm. we talk like assholes. Sometimes we talk like, you know, whatever, you know, but ultimately like we're here to, to share a positive message and you know, you guys have been doing it for years and I'm grateful for you. Mm, and so that, that would be the first thing that I would say is yeah. uh, there's programming and patterns that are telling you that you can't try this or you shouldn't or whatever. And really ultimately it's like human to human. We're here to help. Yeah. I mean, mindfulness is an optimizer. Is really, you know, and the practices are, are help you optimize in so many different ways, whether that's your energy, whether that's clarity, whether that's creativity. Um, and but you got to practice and that could start by getting physical in some way and honoring that physical practice, whether it's walking or going to the gym or, you know, doing yoga or 
you know, Tai Chi or, or something that uh, um, is helpful for you. Uh, honoring your mind. Like, I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> breathing and meditation, it's, uh, uh, if meditation is going to help you become aware of your overwhelm, it's going to help to set off an alarm earlier. So you don't get deeper into overwhelm. And then, you know, you start being a jerk or, you know, you start sacrificing your goals because you're just completely too busy, too overwhelmed, too stressed and can't even work your way out of it. Uh, but meditation is going to help you just to get sit get quiet you know maybe the first if you're doing a 10 or 20 minute meditation the first several minutes can just be experiencing that overwhelm uh and, but that's what the practice is for so you can see like wait something's off like i do not feel like well i think if you're what i'll say is if you're a new meditator um you know it's it, it could be very uh, mysterious it's like why am i doing this it seems like such a waste of time like all i'm doing is just seeing my thoughts and my feelings over and over and over and over again um but as you deepen your meditation, as you continually put forth a consistent practice and grow in this practice, like the growth really occurs when you begin to separate yourself, like our awareness that we're all speaking from right now, from my thinking, from my feelings, from the environment. And then I can drop into, oh, this is who I am. This is what it means. This is, this is my creative self. This is my self in stillness. This is, uh, this is, and, and then from that place of clarity, and clarity is like, you know, no stress isn't there as much or feelings aren't there as much and all the things I just mentioned. Uh, it, that's when you can be, really begin to make change. Like, it, like I said, it's an optimizer. So if you can uh, uh, take on a practice, whatever it is, and just watch how it'll slowly grow. And it's, a, it's almost like a resting place for the overwhelm, for the stress, for the stuff that isn't helping you to be a happier, healthier and more productive human being. That's what these practices are for. And I cannot, I mean, that's why I have the whole show. I cannot advocate this stuff enough for how much it's helped, you know, me and John, you, Lane, everyone that's listening, you know, all of our guests. Like, it's incredibly important. If you really want, you know, if you want to keep doing the same things, having the same results, experiencing the same life, don't do any of these things. Don't listen to any of it. But if you want to change, this is one incredible way to start and to facilitate change. Mic drop right there, man. <laughs> oh yeah, all right. <laughs> like I don't even know where we go from there. I think I think we have to wrap it up. <laughs> uh, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, I think this is this that's a, that was great, and I think that is a great way to end the show. Um, yeah. So you know, if if we don't have any other questions, I'd love to you know turn it over to Lane for any closing comments, yeah. and then you know for uh, if you would. Uh, close the show with that practice, that closing practice uh, for our audience to get them into a place where they can manage that overwhelm that might be right around the corner, or maybe they're even experiencing it right now as they're listening to the show. If you would, uh, I'd love to turn it over to you, brother. Yeah, I think the the big kind of thing for me, the big takeaway personally is the, the enjoyment or the, the starting of the process of all this stuff that we're talking about, you know, having too much overwhelm, having too much on our plate, saying yes to too many things, all that stuff, like, and getting into a process to the present moment, to being mindful, to allowing ourselves to be pulled by the trajectory of where we're heading, to let go of the past and this old stories that we no longer need or are useful mm -hmm. to us anymore, and enjoy this process. And I know, you know, it sounds kind of hokey, but, uh, you know, it's, it's what I aim for, enjoying the journey, enjoying the process. And that's my simple way to move forward 
and all the bullshit that is stopping me from enjoying the journey continuously comes into my life to, to, to be let go of or to be navigated through or to understand as I move through my own journey. So yeah, that's, that for me, that's, you know, enjoying the journey is the thing. So, um, yeah, that's my last, you, you know, comment or simple thing for me, my, my own personal takeaway. Yeah. Right on, and what buddy. kind of journey do you want? Thank you, Lane. Like what kind of journey do you want? Do you want it to be riddled with stress, anxiety, you know, overwhelm and, you know, and just like constantly running around and trying to do this, do that, or, you know, you get to create you, we all have the ability to create a walk on our own path, but it takes, it takes awareness, it takes consistent effort, uh, and it takes, you know, practice, practice, practice to discover, oh, this is, this is who I am, and this is the path I want to walk. And it doesn't happen without contemplative practices, whatever it is, journaling, meditation, you know, uh, it, therapy or, or something like that, you know, just to kind of talk to somebody about your stuff. So, uh, yeah. Or all just, of them. All of them. Yeah, all yeah. of them. You know, and yeah, it's like, man. one thing, I'll, I'll, last thing I'll say, it's like, you know, overwhelm is an emotion. It's an emotion. You put yourself into this emotional place by, you know, um, by not prioritizing, by not, um, you know, doing all the mindful things that we kind of talked about, but it's just an emotion. And then it's like, but if I know I'm in an emotional place that is not helping me to, 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 to live a happier, more peaceful life, then you get to change it. Um, but it, it's just an emotion, but it's caused by your actions and, and what you're not taking care of instead of like what you can be doing in order to release that overwhelm. There you go. So, so yeah. I'm going to turn it over to Lane. And Lane, before you wrap it up with that closing practice, how can people find you if they wanted to know more about you, if they wanted to connect with you? Yeah, on social media, I'm at Increase Freedom, um, both on Instagram and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And if you want to find out more about you know what I'm up to, you can go to my website, lanebalone.com. And uh, there I have a newsletter, and you can check out some of my other things. Solid, man. Right on. Well, yeah, take it away, man. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this and you're able to safely close your eyes, go ahead and do so. Or you could keep your eyes open. I'm just going to calm down from this highly energizing, beautiful conversation. And just blow out all your air. And then with your nose... Breathe in, starting with the belly, chest, and even higher if you can. Hold it at the top. And then slowly exhale, slowly, slowly releasing. And just for the next few moments, we're going to play in a little bit of imagination land. And we're just going to welcome any perceived overwhelm, whether that's something that you see or feeling. I'm just going to show appreciation and gratitude for any overwhelm in your life currently, in this moment. Almost as if we're giving it a big hug thanking it for allowing it to come into our lives, show us what it needed to show us. And allowing ourselves to release it. 
let it go. And wherever it needs to go, it's going to go. I'm just going to breathe out all the way one more time, clearing out your lungs. Breathing in deeply into your stomach, into your chest, and into your head if you can. Hold it at the top. And then release slowly, slowly, slowly. And whenever you're ready, you can gently move your body, move your neck, fingers or toes. And when you're finally ready, you can open your eyes. Good stuff, brother. <laughs> Is that your cat? Yeah, I guess he's yeah. hungry. <laughs> Sounds like a child. I thought it was a baby. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, hey, brother Lane, brother Will, hey, great show. Really appreciate both you guys sharing your practices on how to manage that overwhelm. Uh, I, I really appreciate you guys as an audience as well for tuning in. And if you wanted to know more about us as a you know as hosts you can go to mentalkingmindfulness.com you can check us out on youtube and if you feel that you got something out of this show please share it with your friends your family your colleagues whoever you think might benefit from hearing these life-changing and potentially even life-saving practices mm. so we appreciate you guys and until next time take care peace yeah. bye everybody thank you Thank you for joining us today. We hope you walk away with some new tools and insights to guide you on your life journey. New episodes are being published every week, so please join us again for some meaningful discussion. For more information, please check out mentalkingmindfulness.com.